Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of How I Built It. Today, my guest is Brennan Dunn of Right Message. I'm really excited to talk to Brennan because he is doing a lot of really cool stuff in the personalization space, and that is one of the big uh, uh, themes or uh, trends of 2019 is personalization uh, of your website, of your content, of things like that. So, I'm really excited to get Brennan's take on it as somebody who started Right Message, it seems like right at the right time. But he also started off freelancing with an agency. He created a course and then built a product. So his trajectory is very similar to, I think, a lot of people who listen to the show. And I think it'll be very valuable because of that. So I won't say anything more. I will let you listen to uh, what I think was just a fantastic interview. But first, before we do that, we need to get to a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard, helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. And let me tell you, I recently checked out their new and improved WordPress toolkit, and I was super impressed by how easy it was to spin up new WordPress sites, clone sites, and even manage multiple updates to themes and plugins. With the click of one button, I was able to update all of my WordPress sites. I was, again, incredibly impressed by how great their WordPress toolkit is. You can learn more and try Plesk for free at plesk.com slash build. That's plesk.com slash build. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that today? My guest is Brennan Dunn, the co-founder of Right Message. Brennan, how are you today? I'm good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I'm uh, excited to have you on the show. I We met at Cabo Press 2018. And uh, I liked a lot of what you had to say. It aligned really well with kind of what I was trying to do uh, in my business and what I continue to try to do this year. So I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about some things like segmentation and personalization. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's good seeing you again. And uh, I wish I was back in Mexico because right now it's freezing out and miserable. So <laughs> yeah, I, I miss our time with, you know, cigars and daiquiris by the pool and all that stuff. But yeah, you know. Yeah, what absolutely. We're we're both on the uh, East Coast. I'm a little bit north of you, but uh, you're in Philly, right? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this time of year is just rough. Uh, I like I like snow and cold for like Christmas, and then after Christmas, I'm like, you want it gone? Yep. Give me, yeah, give me warm weather again. <laughs> so, um, but uh, why don't we start off with uh, you letting you telling us uh, kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, why don't I give a quick overview of the backstory? Because a lot of what I'll be talking about in terms of right message, which is my current company, play into that. So back in 2008, I started a web agency, um, basically started out virtual, became brick and mortar, got to 11 employees. We had an office in downtown Norfolk, Virginia, and I got tired of client work and I had friends who were doing really well in SaaS so I decided then to start a company called PlanScope or a software product called PlanScope. And PlanScope is and was a project management tool made for agencies and freelancers. So I built the SaaS and I kind of ran headfirst in the issue of how the heck do I get customers? And, you know, <laughs> it, it was relatively easy to build, but getting it to be financially viable 
especially after having you know done consulting for so long and made good money with that, was a challenge. Um, so one of the things I did to grow PlanScope was I started to write a lot about freelancing. I thought I'll create a blog and I'll write stuff about invoicing and proposals and this and that. And people will search for that. They'll find PlanScope, they'll sign up and everything will be well. Well, the first part worked. So this blog kind of started growing and eventually people were asking questions that required something a little more meaty than a blog post. So I wrote a book uh, back in 2012, I think it was, called Double Your Freelancing Rate. That was my first kind of entry into the whole like information product kind of arena. Uh, from that, I've built a lot of additional courses, online workshops. I've hosted four conferences, two in the US, two in Europe. And um, that kind of became a community now called W Freelancing. And that's right now that's 50,000 uh, people, 10,000 of which are customers. That's where most of the, like my income and everything else has come from. But in doing that, I started to play with website personalization. So I started doing things like, well, if a subscriber comes back to my blog to read the latest article that I just emailed them, let's not show a opt-in widget, let's show a thing promoting a product they haven't bought. Or if they are a designer, maybe change parts of a sales page to speak a little more directly to them versus a developer or a marketer or something like that. So I started to build the functionality on top of WordPress to handle all of that on wfreelancing.com. That led to companies that I knew from like conferences and so on to reach out to say, hey, could you do the same for us? So I did a little consulting where I probably worked with, I think it was about 10 customers over the last few years who basically wanted that, but for them. So I did that and ended up creating a course uh, on automation and personalization because I couldn't, you know, there was a lot of people wanting this stuff. So I created a course for that. And the biggest complaint from the course was, this is great, but you're still asking me to write a lot of code to implement this. So that's what led me to doing PlanScope, or not PlanScope, WriteMessage now, where WriteMessage is the culmination of a lot of consulting that started with my own stuff. So my own itch scratched, uh, scratching others' itches through consulting, scratching a lot of itches through a, you know, a course, a self-serve course that I sold at scale. And then that's now led to WriteMessage. So WriteMessage is now my day-to-day. Uh, we have a team of six, last I counted, yep. And um, yeah, we raised some funding and we've been live for about a year now. So, Wow. Yeah. So that's a, I mean, that's a really great um, story and, and progression because I think a lot of people who start off in, in client services tend to feel the same way. I know I uh, did. And, and while I love doing the client work, um, you know, I'd rather have something where I'm not trading hours for dollars, yes. right? I'd rather, yeah. So I, especially, you know, I've, I'm, I have a kid, uh, you know, and we're probably thinking about another one in the near future and just, I want to be able to, to kind of do it all. Right. Um, and so, um, you started a blog on freelancing. You, uh, did the book and the course and then eventually did the course for personalization before moving into a SaaS what what was the time frame like for this? Was it like six months or six years or, or something in between? So the co- okay, so the I made the decision to partner up with the co-founder and start 
right message last, not this summer, but the previous summer. So it's summer of 2017, I guess it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I'd done, for the previous two years, I'd done a, a lot of consulting work or by a lot of about 10 projects doing this kind of consulting work. More on the side, more because it was fun. So I didn't really need to do consulting because W Freelancing was doing well. But I, I felt, well, I'm teaching people how to consult, so I should have skin in the game by doing it myself. And this is really, I, I knew that if I could go back, say, to PlanScope, which was really never a quote-unquote success for me, the mistake I made was it is so much easier to, like, if I could go back, I would rather coach agency owners on how to manage projects before breaking ground on software. Because I, I would have learned so much more that way that would have affected the product that I ended up building. And I wanted to do, I knew that before getting into software again, because I'd, I'd done that before, I, I knew I wanted to try my best to validate it financially by having people pay me for the, the outcome. So if the, if the goal is personalized websites, it's much easier for me and it's much more interesting to me for me to sell individually. So me to some stakeholder, uh, the, the outcome, that, that outcome that my future, you know, my now SaaS uh, delivers. So it's the same outcome at the end of the day, namely more sales, more conversions and so on. But by doing it more on a one-to-one basis, I was able to kind of test out, you know, what are the pain points that people have that are making them think maybe I need to start personalizing my website and what are the objections that, that they're giving me um, in this kind of dialogue format, this discussion-based sales format, right? So by doing that a bunch, that's namely allowed me to do that. So I did about two years of that kind of consulting off and on. And the course was launched uh, two winters ago. So about six months before the um, I decided with, you know, Shai, my co-founder, to start Right Messages the company. Gotcha. And then um, how long did it take you to to build that initial audience, right? Because that's something that I I, I definitely struggle with. Like uh, you said it perfectly. Um, you're able to sell kind of an outcome to a, a single buyer, like an audience of one. I have no problem doing that. I'm very good at talking to people and, and understanding their problem. Uh, and then, it, but then when it comes to me selling like a $50 course to hundreds of people, I have a hard time doing that. And I, I think probably right message helps out a lot with that. But um, you built the blog and was it basically you answered the questions people were finding? Did it take a long time to build that audience before you were like, hey, you like what I'm doing? Buy my book, buy my course. Yeah. So specific, we're still, I, I want to say we're still building or exploring how to build the right message audience. But for the W freelancing audience, which is the mature audience, um, yeah, I mean, the way I started out at first was I would hang out on uh, message boards. So like Reddit's freelancing subreddit and, and things like that. And I get involved in, in, in kind of test out blog post ideas by um, engaging. And, you know, a lot of the posts are questions people have. Like, so, you know, should I do this or how do you know, client wants me to do X. What should I say? Um, so I would get involved in that and, you know contribute to that community. And then uh, what I would do is if, if it was really, if I was really happy with how the discussion that I contributed to was going, I would basically write a more thought out in-depth 
guide or article based off that, right? And, and what I would often do is then I would cycle back and say, you know, hey, great conversations here. Um, I actually went and wrote this thousand word thing that I think is like, you know, it's, it's much more in depth that I could go in a, in a comment here, right? And so I did that and that brought people over to this new site. Um, eventually Google started to kick in, which was really mm-hmm. when things took off. And um, yeah, but for the most part, I think I got content ideas. I tested out writing because I, I still wasn't, I didn't consider myself to be a writer at that point. Um, so I tested out, you know, ideas and, and got comfortable with writing and, and discussing a topic and then uh, took all that and made it more evergreen and more permanent on this blog of mine. So I did that for a while. And then now that's shifted into when people join my list now, I ask them, tell me a bit about who you are and what the number one problem you have with, with consulting is. And I get a lot of replies to that. And that's kind of padded out. Like oftentimes a blog post will be something like, you know, Joe wrote in saying blah, 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 blah. And then it'll be kind of like a public re- reply to that, right? Um, so a lot of the content ideas now or started to shift from kind of these communities to more inbound. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting to do even more with proper keyword research to figure out what are the gaps that I haven't covered that there's opportunities to bring in more, you know, search traffic uh, from. So this episode is brought to you by our friends at Hover. Now, I've been using Hover for as long as I can remember, and I couldn't be happier with them. As a matter of fact, I've switched all of my domains from wherever I had them in the various places to Hover exclusively. And I know you probably have a ton of ideas for domain names. I do too. Uh, Whenever I have an idea for a domain, I go straight to Hover and purchase that domain. I even have them bookmarked on my phone. Uh, on its home screen so that I can quickly and easily get the domain I just got an idea for. They make the process as easy as possible with no upsells, just pure domain purchasing. My absolute favorite feature is the free Who Is Privacy. Not only do they protect your identity, but they do so without some added costs. That means when I buy a domain from Hover, I don't get spammed the next day by people trying to sell me services or mail from scams trying to get me to pay more for my domain than I need to. With Hover, who is privacy is free. Now, I could probably do an entire episode about Hover and all its great things, but for now, I will just tell you that if you want to learn more and get your domains from an honest, great domain registrar, you can head over to hover.com slash build something. You'll even get 10% off your first purchase just for being a listener. That's hover.com slash build something. And now back to the show. I want to get into the research portion. Uh, your, your journey kind of took you, it seemingly naturally to build right message out as a SaaS, but I suspect that you still did some, some research into does something like this already exist? Um, and then you're you're also a developer, right? So uh, maybe you you looked at the best way to kind of code this up. Um, so I'm just curious, what did your research process look like? Yeah, so I I don't put a lot of stock necessarily into what kind of competitive products existed because the interesting thing that I come to the conclusion of and and kind of 
more so, I think, in selling both the course I created and the consulting gigs where everyone I sold it to, whether consulting or, or the course, this was new to them. So they weren't, I knew like, yeah, there, there could be some people, maybe if we built this, who would switch from X to us. But for the most part, we were getting people who switched from nothing, um, which which actually honestly makes it, has made it a much harder sell. It's, it's so much harder, I think, because there isn't a ton of competition yet to make it so... Because we basically need to educate people about why they need mm-hmm. this and then sell them on the product, which is much harder than just saying, you know, we're like, hey, you already get that you should be emailing your customers. Well, we mm-hmm. were an email marketing app for, you know, pet store owners, right? Or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's much different kind of saying like, hey, you use MailChimp, but you want to take it to the next level. So try ConvertKit. Yeah. Or like with ConvertKit, like they were yeah. like, if you are a professional blogger, you identify that way and you want features built just for you. You don't care about like the other stuff MailChimp and FusionSoft and so on have. Yeah, but they didn't need to sell people on like the idea of sending email, right? Right, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's it's been interesting in that respect. But I think, you know, to go back to the, the original question in terms of research, I think the biggest thing is I, I don't put any stock into like going around and asking people, hey, uh, you know, do you think this is a good idea? Or even things like, hey, would you use this if I build it? Because... You know, what, what I think really matters is, are people willing to actually pay for the problem to go away that you're helping solve, right? Mm-hmm. And what I liked about doing it on a consulting basis first was, if you think about kind of the spectrum of value, I don't know, better way of putting it, right? So like uh, personalization on a spectrum, right? On the one far end of the spectrum, you have Hire me. I know a lot about personalization. I can also implement it for you. Uh, consulting, you know, straight up consulting gig, right? On the other end of that spectrum would be training material. So a course or a book or something that is teaching people how to get good at this stuff, but it's up to them to implement it, right? So I, I covered those two ends of that spectrum, consulting and then the training. And the center would be something like software, which is a bit more turnkey, but it's still up to the c- customer to actually... It, you know, do something with it, right? I mean, very few software products don't require any inputs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? So what was nice was because it's that same outcome for all of those different things, whether it's consulting, training, or software, I had validated it by saying, hey, I will give you this benefit. You pay me X. That happened a bunch for and consulting gigs, one-off consulting gigs. And I learned a lot again, you know, kind of through discussions and natural sales stuff on how to best sell personalization. When I went to the course model, it was more, you know, long form sales page with buy now button. So it was different in that now it was a monologue instead of a dialogue. Um, But I had learned a lot doing the consulting stuff to help me, I think, put together a pretty solid uh, sales page that drove, we had about 400 people buy that. Um, And so that helped me tremendously because now I've been I, I'm now able to sell in a lower touch way that same outcome, namely personalization that leads to more sales, right? The benefits. Um, so by the time it got to software, I was pretty comfortable with it at that point, right? Like I, I knew, and that's why, like out of the gate, I mean, our first month we um, what was it? We launched January twenty third of, of last year. And um, out of the gate, we were at like eight or 9,000 MRR um, because wow. we knew, and we built up demand, right? Like, so we were mm-hmm. kind of building in the open and it was this natural progression that people were seeing of, 
you know, oh, if you've learned a lot about, you know, from Brennan's course and your mind's spinning with all these things you want to do, but the you hate being told, go hire a coder, um, you know, I'm we're working on a fix, a, a way to kind of fix that, right? So I think by doing it that way, it was really, if I would have jumped straight into personalization, first off, I don't think the market would have been as ready, or at least the, the people I was trying to sell to would have been as prepared. Um, on top of that, I wouldn't have known how to best sell it to them because I I wouldn't have sold it actually in the past. And I, I just, you know, in, a, in an interesting way, I, I made good money doing the lead up. So I, I just think it was much easier for us to get right message off the ground in a way that I never had back when I was uh, doing the project management software. Nice. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. So, I mean, you said a lot of things that I like here. Um, you know, uh, asking people if, if this is a good idea. I don't I don't really like that either because people either say, yeah, or uh, there's that old adage about uh, Ford, right? If Ford had asked what he should build, people would have said a faster horse. Right. Um, and and but he built some revolutionary thing, right? And uh, I've heard in a few places that 2019 is going to be the year of of personalization. Uh, actually, I don't know if you listen to the Landing Page School podcast, but they specifically mentioned Right Message um, in like their uh, 2019 trends post. Oh, cool! Or yeah. uh, episode, I don't, yeah. I don't so listen to that, yeah. Um, it's well, it's a it's a good podcast. I'll put it in the show notes here. Um, I really like it, but um, I think. I think you're you're right. You you've spent time talking to the audience you've built up, people who, um, who are probably asking for for things uh, that they want to see that they want uh, not to implement themselves, uh, and then you're kind of learning to speak their language, right? And that's kind of the whole point of right message, right? Is you want to speak the language of the person who's visiting your site even if they come from two different backgrounds, right? So uh, maybe we can get into the the title question here, which is how did you build right message? So um, the easy answer here is that raised funding and hired people. <laughs> um, so my background is I'm a developer, but I don't even have commit rights to right message. So uh -huh. th that's more intentional because my mm -hmm. I'm best hold up doing sales and marketing. Um, at this point, whereas my co-founder Shai, um, he's effectively the, the technical co-founder, right? So he's in charge of that. We've got a small team of people that are helping him build that. Um, in terms of the stack, though, it is it is Laravel, so it's um, Laravel PHP on the back end, Vue.js on the front end, and um, yeah, I don't know if that answers yeah. the technical question of, of what it's built. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then as far as the implementation goes, um, if I want to put this on my website, it's like a, is it a JavaScript? Yeah. So what, okay. So it's a hosted SaaS and, um, you go to, you know, app.writemessage.com, you log in and you set everything up there, but yes, we, you, you're given a, for every sub count, you get a JavaScript, JavaScript snippet put on your site. Um, technically what happens is when you use our, our SaaS, we build a custom script for you when you click publish that gets sent up to AWS and then you load it off that. So, to, which is nice because we're not like a middleman in that sense. So if mm -hmm. we go down, nothing like Amazon needs to go down in order for it to be, right. you know, um, not have personalizations kick in. Yeah. But yeah, it, technically what's nice about it is it works on literally any CMS, any, any, anything that allows you to include 
uh, custom job, JavaScript. So typically, wherever you put your Google Analytics code, you would put us there too. Nice. And then uh, the user goes in, they maybe, uh, you can, I think it's, is it tag users? Is that the nomenclature that you use where uh, I say someone's a freelancer who also works with WordPress and I want to show them this message, right? Yeah. So let me give you a quick rundown of architecturally, like what it's all, yeah. how it's all set up. So we have at the center of right message, a segmentation engine. And this segmentation engine lets you do things like, I want to have a industries category. And in that I have finance, retail, you know, nonprofit, all these different things. And then you can, people can get assigned to one of these segments by either data that you have about them in your own backend. So let's say uh, we integrate with a lot of common email service providers out of the gate. So let's say you use ConvertKit. What we'll do is we'll make it so when a ConvertKit subscriber comes back to your website, if you've already tagged them as a designer or nonprofit or whatever, we'll pull that data over in real time. So we know, oh, this is, you know, Joe at gmail.com checking out our site. He's tagged customer, he's tagged designer, he's tagged this, he's tagged that. And then um, we're able to then segment them that way. We can also segment based on behavior. So did this person come from uh, webdesignblog.com? So they're probably a web designer. So put them in there. Or did they land on this page from Google? Well, maybe that means they were searching for uh, you know, this thing, so segment them that way. So we have all these different behavioral ways of segmenting. And then once we've segmented, then the next thing that we do is we let you do things like changing content or calls to action based on that. So you could say, oh, this is a subscriber, get rid of our opt-in forms and put a link to our you know, products page or something like that, right? Um, or to a specific product they haven't bought. Um, oh, this is a designer. Let's make it so all those testimonials on the sales page are from designers, but then, you know, who have, you, who have benefited from the product. But then a developer shows up a split second later and they're seeing testimonials from other developers. So like that's the kind of thing where it's basically, you know, you're, you're a consultant too. So, you know, if I get a sales lead from, you know, for a consulting project, you better believe I'm taking into account, all right, is this a startup person or is this more of a, you know, normal kind of traditional business person, how technical are they? That will that will affect kind of the language I use. Um, who referred them to me? And that'll, you know, I'll name, I'll talk about the success they've had, you know, from, from us. So we all do this. We all kind of have a core way of selling consulting, but then we tailor that based off of, you know, who is this person? How savvy are they about what we do? You know, and we all do that, right? So it's just, it's that ability, but on websites that allow you to change core, you know, headlines or bits of copy or social proof or whatever else based off uh, data that you have about somebody. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. Starting a new project? Looking for a better hosting platform? Pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build, launch, and run websites. Get high-performance hosting for your WordPress sites, plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers 
and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to Pantheon.io today again to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. I can see myself using this very easily on my homepage if if uh, a developer or maybe a hopeful developer comes to my site, I show them my how to develop themes yep. for WordPress course. If it's somebody who's just totally green, it's the how to set up a blog course or whatever. Correct. Um, and then I'm 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 using uh, Prime Real Estate on my homepage a lot more effectively. So that's uh, that's super cool. And then the the other question I would have about this right is, um, you know, I'm thinking a little bit about it in as far as pages in WordPress. But um, I was just playing around with like the Google A/B Test Optimizer tool mm-hmm. where it's like. It's a little script, and then you pick what needs to change. Is that is that how write message works, or is there a different way that it yeah, works? Yeah, it's a similar similar interface. So it's you know you point and click and change content through a, our editor. Um, we there's two differences though. One of which is like you know that's more of an A/B testing tool, although you mm-hmm. can use it for personalization stuff. But we integrate with your email marketing app, and that's the big thing that draws people to yeah. us is. All you need to do is you click, you type in your API key for, say, ConvertKit. And then now we're, we're integrated directly with your ConvertKit account. And now when ConvertKit people come to your site or opt in, we know who they are. We can pull and push data to their record. Um, on top of that, too, we are also building a lot of uh, call-to-action widgets. So similar if, look, tools like Sumo right, or, or OptiMonster, yeah. great tools are meant to you know, give exit pop-ups or slide-up things or whatever else. Um, the problem, though, is that all of those tools, unless you spend a lot of time doing a lot of really gnarly configuration things, um, <laughs> are pretty much going to show that same, like, I mean, you've probably been in my shoes where you get an email from a blogger, let's say, and it's about their latest blog post and they link you to their blog. And then you go and then now you're getting hit with like a pop-up asking for your email address and you're thinking, I you just emailed me a, a, a minute ago. Like, why are you asking for my email, Right. So right, like yeah. we're building the ability for you to have all these kind of canned uh, calls to action. So exit pop up this and that, but it's smart enough to know, oh, Joe's here. He's already a customer. We're not going to ask for his email. We're not going to hit him with an exit pop up. We're not going to do that. Um, we're going to, you know, tell him about the coaching offering since he hasn't bought that yet. Or we're going to, you know, try to get him to go to our, our mastermind event or something like that. Right. Um, oh, we also know that Joe is this and this. So we're going to maybe when he does go to check out the sales page for the thing we're pushing, it's going to change a bit. But then, you know, random person shows up from Google, lands on a blog post. Well, this person's not on our list. So, yeah, we, we that's our goal is to get them on the list. Right. So, you know, all, all of these calls to action are going to be are pretty much we already have one version. It's called right bar. It's kind of like hello bar. But uh, yeah. what it'll let you do is change the call to action based on where they're in your sales pipeline. So, you know, returning lead comes back, maybe get them to attend a webinar. Uh, If they've attended the webinar, get them to get to the sales page. They bought that product, get them to buy the premium product. Um, So that sort of thing and making that super easy where you just visually map out my offer funnel and then we'll fill in the blanks on saying, you want a sticky bar, you want a pop-up, you want this, and it'll always be in unison. So you're not having your calls to action compete against each other. So... We're excited. That's a few weeks out, so we're really excited to get that out. 
Yeah, that's that sounds fantastic. So likely by the time this episode comes out, it'll be out. You can head over yep. to rightmessage.com. Um, I'm excited to see that roll out because I just had that very issue you described um, kind of happen with the pop-up modal tool I'm using. I, I like it, so I won't complain about them on the podcast. But, uh, you know, it was I ran into an, ins- an instance where I wanted one pop-up to show up on the homepage and a different to show up on some inner pages and both were popping up at certain points and only the one was, and I'm just like, this is, I don't, this is confusing and weird. Um, so I'm, I'm keen to see when that, that feature comes out. Um, cool. So that's, I mean, that's fantastic. I think we, we covered a lot of ground there with kind of starting from the, the, well, the lowest level, uh, kind of how it's built up to how we can implement it. Uh, which is really cool. And and you touched on this a little bit with, with this uh, latest feature, but what are your plans for the future of Write Message? If, uh, if 2019 really is the year of personalization, what's coming down the pike for you? And, and, and maybe what are the trends you're seeing that you want to jump on? I think the biggest thing is, so you're right that everyone is talking about personalization. And the biggest issue, though, is you cannot personalization to speak developer talk for a second is the then condition or the then Mm -hmm. thing. You need the if, and the if is segmentation. So you can't personalize unless you segment. Most people though, and we've done a lot of research into, you know, serving our audience and figuring out how do you currently segment your list? Most people, the extent of their segmentation is this is the form they opted into, or this is what they bought. But if you were to ask them, you know, like, a question I like to ask people is like, how many, you know, you, you know your conversion rates from like visitors to opt-ins on your site, right? Break that down by industry, break that down by job role, break that down by, you know, something like that. And most can't do that because most don't have proper segmentation in place. So I, one of the things we're trying to do is we're, we're making it really, really easy and uh, interesting to segment people. So we have a tool called Write Ask where People go to your site, and if you if they're not behaviorally matched into one of your segments, you could ask them. You could say, "Hey, which are you, a developer, designer, marketer, or whatever?" And what's cool is when they answer that, it'll then go immediately up to your email marketing app. So, um, you know, if they're on your list, or we'll, we'll wait until they are on your list and sync that up. And what's really cool about that is, you know, we have one one of our customers, Pat Flynn. In the last, I think, month and a half, he's added fifty thousand segmentation points to his list just from us. So he hasn't done a lot of personalization just yet, but he's now going to be able to because he's getting into his ConvertKit account and ideas like, you know, how big is your business or have you done email marketing? Have you done podcasting? And he's asking these questions. So now he can start doing things like when a somebody who, who hasn't podcasted but wants to comes back to his website, they're going to see different, you know, messaging than somebody who is already actively podcasting and has a pretty successful business, they're going to see messaging probably about, you know, expanding your, your growing your podcast or something like that. Right. Um, so I think the big thing though is, is segmentation. So I, I can't stress enough, like you cannot personalize until you've, you've figured out segmentation or at least you've started segmenting your audience. So I think that's going to be the big thing is a lot of people like, it's kind of like everyone wants the outcome of, that personalization affords, but until you figure out how to segment, you you can't personalize just yet. So, right, right, because how it's almost like saying, you know, I want to bake a cake, but then not having any of the ingredients exactly. to bake it's, that it's, cake. It's, 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 everyone wants to eat yeah. cake. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, 
That's that's great. Uh, and it, it sounds like you have, I mean, I know that you have this tool, right? Ask to help with segmentation. Um, and so I know I've started to do a little bit of that, you know, with ConvertKit kind of last year, uh, about a year from October, I got ConvertKit and started pretty aggressively tagging my subscribers based on what they've bought and what they've expressed interest in. But that can only go so far. Right? I know what links they click on and can kind of say, oh, well, they clicked on a podcasting link. Maybe they're interested in podcasting. Oh, they purchased my course. They're probably interested in these things. But, um, you know, kind of I've been to uh, Pat Flynn's website to smartpassiveincome.com for those who don't know. Um, and if you go there, a little box pops up and it's like, let me, can I ask you five questions? Right. And yep. uh, he learns a little bit more about you. So um, I think that's a good takeaway. If you want to start personalization, then start with segmentation. And there are some tools out there to help you do that. Yeah, uh, so and you can as, start doing that now. Yeah. Like we, we're typically telling people like, get, get that going immediately because people are coming to your site. And then, you know, months later when you have, when you start seeing, wow, 50% of my audience is this, then go and start doing personalized content or, or highly specific targeted email campaigns, you know, to them. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it's uh, not to, jump on a soapbox or anything here, but that's so important, especially if you do want to get into uh, products or, or a SaaS or selling courses. Uh, a year ago, if you asked me who my audience was, I would have been like, I, I don't know, people who signed up for my mailing list. Yeah. yeah. Like 10% of those people open. Actually, my open rate is really good. But uh, um, now I can tell you, oh, it's about 50% developers and 25% site builders and 25% people who are just generally interested in what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. um, thanks to segmentation. Uh, so with that information, I can start personalizing my website. Um, cool. So uh, I, I want to ask you my favorite question, uh, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Yeah. So I think the the funny thing is, and, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of things around, uh, Hey, will you promote this thing I'm doing? Or I write this blog post, will you share it? And this and that. And what's interesting is that, you know, I've been doing a lot lately with doing partnerships with Right Message, right? And I have to say, nine out of 10 people that I'm doing these with are people that I've met, like you, at a conference, over drinks, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I would, I would say if you look at like, there's this back channel of people who are selling products and, you know, doing well at it and so on. And we're all talking to each other through DMs and stuff. And we all know each other from these events. So I think that probably the best thing that I tell people they, they should do, best career move, I think, is to get involved by going to an actual in-person event, get to know people. Um, I've been probably going to conferences the last 10 years or so. And I think in terms of like cheat code for kind of meeting the right people and, you know, like the only reason Pat Flynn is using my product is because, you know, it's not because we had some crazy great content marketing that let him in. It's because we got to know him that way. Right. So I think um, I think that's probably the the best trade secret I have is that uh, there is this kind of unique advantage that going to going to events and being active at these events and, and not just being there for yourself, but going and genuinely helping people and, you know, they help you and vice versa and so on. And that's, that's, that's probably what I would answer. That's, that's a fantastic answer. I was telling, I was telling people very recently that 
I wouldn't be where I am without my network. And I met most of my network at in-person events. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe that could be a 2019 goal for folks is if you haven't been to a, uh, a conference, then you should go to a, a conference or, or a networking event. Uh, a lot of people are in, into WordPress who listen to this show. So find your local WordCamp. Uh, they're very cheap to go to. It's a very low bar- barrier of entry. So um, I love that piece of advice. Brennan Dunn, thanks so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? So you can go to writemessage.com uh, to find us. Or um, you can also go to wfreelancing.com. That's my kind of main website. Or you can just say hi over Twitter. I'm Brennan Dunn, B-R-E-N-N-A-N-D-U-N-N. And yeah. All right. I will make sure to link all of that, as well as everything we talked about in the show notes, uh, which you'll be able to find over at howibuilt.it. Brennan, thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks so much to Brennan for joining me today. Uh, I really like a lot of the advice he gave about personalization um, and some of the research he did. But uh, the the thing that resonated with me the most was to get involved by going to an in-person event. People have asked me what my trade secret is, and and I believe that uh, networking it has been a vital part of my business. It seems that Brennan believes the same thing. So uh, thanks again for... Uh, joining me today, Brandon, and for giving us some great advice. My question of the week for you is, what are you going to do to help with your segmentation and personalization? Let me know, joe at howibuilt.it or on Twitter at jcasabona. Thanks so much to our sponsors for this week, Plesk, Pantheon, and Hover. To get all of the show notes for this episode, head over to howibuilt.it slash 113. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people discover the show. And until next time, get out there and build something.